So I'm on parole. I'm already a felon. I'm only 21, 22 years old. I got three DUIs, two hitting all this crap and life's just going downhill. And I remember just crying out to God, man, just please help me. One of those desperate cries, not one of those sophisticated prayers, not, not one of those bargains that, you know, God, if I'm going to do this, please do this, but just crying out to him, help me. And uh, I remember it, the Holy Spirit confirming to me in my heart. I really just felt him say, Kelby, Kelby, I still love you and I still want to use you. And I've called you to ministry. Welcome back to the World Changers Podcast. My name is Alonzo Malvarez, and I'm so excited that you made the choice to join back in to another episode. I am absolutely elated um, for this episode. It's a really, really um, incredible honor to have uh, this guest today. I know that uh, many of you have heard in this series um, of many different world changers, um, women and men who are out here. Um, that are changing the world, but uh, I came across um, this gentleman through social media. Um, And uh, essentially I was on Facebook and um, I was scrolling through and I saw uh, this photo of this gentleman and read his testimony and was absolutely just blown away. And uh, I'm so excited to have him um, here uh, on the World Changers podcast. Um, he's an incredible uh, man of God that, I, uh, that I've gotten to know for um, a few moments. And uh, I don't want to do a lot of talking because I want him to do most of the talking. Um, he is now the youth pastor of uh, Rejuvenate Church. Um, and he is also the owner of Upstate Digital Marketing. Um, and so, ladies and gentlemen, I introduce to you, uh, past, is, it, is it Bishop, Pastor, Apostle? <laughs> it's pastor. You can just say pastor. <laughs> I love it. Uh Kelby McNabb. Kelby, how you doing, bro? Yeah, man. Doing good. Doing good, dude, man. Awesome day. Dude, thank you so much for uh really just taking uh time out of your schedule to be a part of the World Changers podcast, man. It really means a lot to us. Yeah, no problem. Honor to be here. Yes, sir. And what state are you from again? South Carolina. Grew up in North Carolina and uh, pretty much been raised right here in South Carolina. That That is awesome, man. And so, man, I, I have to start off with a very serious question. Um, it's something that I, I just have to do. We're just going to dive in on the <laughs> deep end. Um, it, here's my serious question. If you had to choose one type of Chick-fil-A sauce to eat for the for your in, rest of your entire life, there's only one sauce you get to pick. One sauce. Uh-huh. What sauce would that be and why? Oh, I, don't, I already know. Chick-fil-A sauce. Off the top. Yeah. Yeah. That's it. <laughs> no, there's no explanation. It's just Chick-fil-A sauce. It's, that's Ch- it. Chick-fil-A sauce. That's the only one I get. And I get it with, with it don't matter what number meal it is or what sandwich. It's always the Chick-fil-A sauce. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> with a lemonade or sweet tea? Where are you going for? Uh, so... <sighs> I would rather do lemonade, uh, but honestly, I'm not big on both, you know. I love the lemon water, and I'm perfectly fine with that. Every now and then, I will get the lemonade, though. 
I hear you. I hear you. All right. Okay. All right. That's what I'm talking about, man. That's what I'm talking about. Awesome. Well, so for our listeners out here, today's theme, we're going to talk about the transforming power um, of, of the love of God. And and, right. and, and and it is what it is. God's power is, is, is absolutely transformative. Um, and, uh, you know, I, as you notice, I'm not doing too much talking because we're going to let just Kelby go and run and share his testimony. But um kelby let, let's go ahead and start off man um you know what what does the what does the love of god mean for you and uh, go right into uh sharing your testimony man yeah so the love of god man what it's it's you know sometimes i get lost especially nowadays in, in how much i love god and how much yeah. i can give towards him and how much i can sacrifice and i lose total perspective of really um, it's not about how much I have, I, I can love, I, I, me. It's, it's, it's all about him and his love and his power of his love and how it can transform. So the love of God, man, is just everything. It's, it's, it's identity, it's breakthrough, it's inspiration, it's motivation, it's vision. Mm. And, uh, cause, cause, you know, when you grow up and, uh, you get a little older, you start to feel like, Love is just uh, overrated and love is just a word that's thrown around. And, and this relationship with love becomes distorted and, you know, and you totally forget about what true love is until you run into that God love, that agape love, that love that sets you free. And, man, that's what I experienced 10 years ago, nine years ago. Um, I was 17 years old. I just moved from Asheville down to South Carolina, uh, Greenville, South Carolina, right beside Greenville, South Carolina. And I got all the freedom I wanted to. You know, I was, I'm the oldest of seven boys. Uh, I was I'm the oldest wow. in my house. My father was, ne- you know, never there. I, I, I don't recall him at all and in, in, in kind of really any of my childhood memories. Uh, he was just never there. I had three stepdads, uh, awesome stepdad now. And uh, I was I was the man of the house kind of growing up. And uh, with that being said, I, I didn't have structure. I didn't have... Um, someone keeping me accountable. And so I was pretty much free to do whatever I want. And at 17 years old, I dropped out of high school. I said, I'm done with high school. I dropped out my junior year and uh, just started going a little crazy, just started going a little wild, doing whatever I wanted to do. And it, it's, you know how this thing starts. It starts off with you just hanging around with the, the wrong crowd. And, you know, next next thing you know, you, you're smoking blunts and drinking and partying. And uh, one thing just kept leading to the other. You know, yeah. uh, it got it got to the point where I was literally, you know, the Xanax and popping pills and, and, and drinking was like a, a, a regular thing for me on the weekends. And uh, it, it just kept growing until the point where we're literally we're now so, you know, intoxicated and wasted. We're, we're committing crimes and, and uh, felonies and breaking into stuff and burglarizing stuff and stealing and just not caring at all. Um, and, uh, in 2011 or 2010, I can't read it. I think it was 2011. Um, I got charged with, with like four to five felonies, um, all had to do with burglary and larceny. I was 17 years old at the time when I got charged and South in South Carolina, 17, you're an adult. And so this is my first charge ever. And they, uh, they hit me over the head with a, a couple of felonies. And the crazy thing about it was two of those felonies was me breaking into churches. It was two o'clock at night. I'm, hmm. I'm 
on Xanax and I'm drinking and I'm with the boys and we're acting stupid and we just see a little small local church at the end of the street and we're just like, let's just break into there and see what's inside. And so uh, we did that. And and uh, as I was telling you earlier before the before the podcast, man, it was crazy. They sent a dog inside the, a canine unit inside the church to come get us out at two o'clock in the morning. And uh, yeah, the dog the dog bit one of my friends. Um, luckily, I didn't get hit by the dog but they did tackle me and hit me in the back of the head threw me in the back of the police car and uh, i went downtown man and i was 17 years old charged with all these felonies i bonded out my mother had mercy on me bonded me out but literally within the next month and a half i get right back in trouble another larceny charge and so i get locked right back up again and the same judge um that, that was over my last charges when I was in there. I'm in front of her again. And she says, Kelby, I'm not letting you out this time because every time I let you out, you get in trouble. So this time you're going to stay in here. So here I am, 17 years old, about to have my 18th, about to have, yeah, I did have my 18th birthday in there because I remember it. I had my 18th b- birthday in the jail cell. And I remember it because, uh, because the inmates made me like this, this rice crispy and cookie cake. It was terrible, but, <laughs> but it was, uh, Yeah, it was so crazy. And uh, so I spent my 18th birthday in there and I didn't have a bond. And my mother was just she didn't know what to do. Uh, My stepdad at the time, he was so stressed out um, because of what I was putting my mom through. And, you know, I I, I was facing a lot of charges, a lot of crap. And the detective that locked me up. This is very important because this was a moment I believe the Holy Spirit allowed. I don't know. The Holy Spirit did something in this moment, but the detective, when he took me in, we, we, we got to the interrogation room and we're, we're, he's in there doing his thing and I'm in there trying to play tough, but out of his necklace falls, uh, I mean, out of his collar falls a necklace with a cross on it. And I just look at him and I look up at him and I'm, I'm just like, why are you helping me? You know, I was crying. I was worn out. I didn't know what to do. And he didn't say nothing, but I believe the Holy Spirit did something in that moment. And uh, which I'll talk about here later on when I get to finishing this. But mm-hmm. fast forward, I'm now locked up, man. And and uh, I've been in jail now for three months. And randomly one day this guard comes in and says, you know, inmate McNabb, you got a visitor and it's not visitation day. So I don't got nothing else better to do. So I'm like, all right, bet. let me go see you who this is. And so I go to the visitation room and on the other side of the glass window is this bald headed white dude. <laughs> His name is pastor Jason, right? I've never met this man before in my life, sat down with him. And, uh, he's like, Hey Kelby, uh, just came up here to talk to you, see how you're doing. Wanted to, you know, how, how's things going? You just want, you know, want to talk to you, share with you a little bit, encourage you. And I sat down with him and he started talking to me about Jesus now, I, I didn't grow up in church, but I did grow up and I go to youth every now and then or I'd go to like a I want a thing when I was like 12. So I knew about Jesus and I knew about God. And even when I was 17, 18, I knew God was real. I struggled with it, but I knew he was real and I knew about Jesus. But I turned him and I was kind of like, man, you know, t- now's not a good time to be wanting to turn my life to Jesus, because honestly, dude, I- I'm just too jacked up right now to be, you know, wanting to live for God. And, uh, he, you know, he was talking to me and I was kind of rejecting it, but then halfway through he, he, he stops and says, well, Kelby, have you heard of the story Saul to Paul and how God used the apostle Paul to do amazing, uh, amazing things. And he shared with me that story and man, I don't know what happened, but in that room, you know, I'm just, I started crying 
and the Holy Spirit deposited hope in my heart. And uh, I, got, I got this sense of hope, man. And I went back to my jail cell. He gave me a new believer's Bible. Uh, he gave it to the guard and the guard gave it to me. And I went back to my jail cell, man. And I just started reading. And I was so inspired because I was thinking maybe if, if God can do it for Paul, he can do it for me also. And I'm back there and I'm reading. I could have swore I went to like the New Testament in like the first week, just reading the heck out of that thing. And I remember very vividly because I remember coming across this verse where Jesus was like, you know, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. And uh, I, I read that and I, this jail cell, man, meth is very bad. And so a lot of meth addicts came in there and dude, they were they were beat up like skinny, haven't slept in two weeks. Um, and so they would come in that place and they'd just be beat up. And uh, I remember reading that verse and, and my, my mother would give me canteen money to buy noodles and things like that while I was in jail. And I had these noodles uh, under my bunk bed. And I remember at night uh, sneaking around the jail cell, hiding packs of noodles under these, uh, these, these drug addicts mats. So when they wake up, they can see that they got, you know, a pack of noodles or something to eat. And then I would just jump back in my bed before anybody can see me because I was so inspired about what what this guy, Jesus and the Holy Spirit and me uh, maybe getting my, you know, having my life changed and this mercy and this love. And uh, fast forward, I still had to face the consequences. I spent my time in there in that jail cell. They, uh, I went in front of the judge. The judge had mercy. I was looking at 10 to 12 years um, for all the crimes I had, it was it was six felonies, multiple misdemeanors, um, out on bond three times. It, it was crazy. So they had mercy on me. I got a six month sentence down in uh, uh, Columbia, South Carolina, where all the big prisons are. Uh, I was shipped down there, did my time, came home, and was on on parole for five years. For five years, I had to walk this line, and uh, I came home. And you remember that bald-headed white dude I was telling you about in the that met me in the in the jail? Yeah. So I got out and uh, I went looking for him and wanted to stay close and, and connected with him. And so I'd go talk with him every now and then about just church and life and God and Jesus and uh, you know it, just everything. But I would come to him with the minor problems because I was still a babe. <laughs> I didn't I didn't really know who Jesus was, but I was inspired right. to know him. You know, the Holy Spirit did something in me that day that, that just it encouraged me, inspired me. It caused hunger to get to know him more. But when I got out of prison, the world crept back in. Yeah, I cut some things off. I cut some friends off. I cut the smoking weed stuff off. But the world crept back in and I was chasing girls and money. And you know, I wouldn't go to church and I wouldn't meet up with, with Jason, the, the bald-headed white dude that I met there. And, and uh, slowly but surely, I started just going backwards again, man. Here I am on my third, fourth year in parole, and uh, I'm drinking again. I'm drinking, you know, drinking and 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 popping Xanax again. Now it was it was a crazy year. A lot of stuff happened that, that during those uh during my parole years. I lost a an older brother who was shot in a gang. He was 24, 25 when he passed away. He was in the Blood Gang in, in North Carolina. Um, he left six kids. Yeah, it was it was serious. Um, and then I lost another little brother, sixteen years old, right here in my hometown, um, in, in easily around Greenville. Um, he was driving too fast one night and wrecked his coupe, and uh, 
was killed on in the car crash. And so a lot of stuff was just going on, man, and depressed and confused. And so alcohol became my, my best friend. And I started drinking every day, dude, like every day. I mean, I would drink to go to work. I drink, put drink, you know, alcohol in my coffee. I drink partying. I would drink when I'm not partying. And it just kept leading to worse and worse things. And so here I am, year four of my parole. I'm doing good. I'm about to finish this thing. And I caught, I catch three DUIs back to back within six months. Right. Yeah. I mean, I've told, I totaled five cars. I've caught two hit and runs all within nine months of, of, of this all happened. And I'm already on parole and I'm already a felon. Uh, I lost multiple jobs and, uh, dude, life's just going back downhill. And uh, matter of fact, I mean, it was it was so crazy. One of the hit and runs I had, uh, I hit a car and it took I was drunk and hit a car and took off driving through a neighborhood. And I tried to pull into someone's house, but I was so intoxicated that I went through their driveway and ran right into their home with my car. I mean, it was crazy, man. And this was in 2014, 2015. And I I remember coming, uh, coming home and, uh, you know, again, my parents don't know what to do. My stepdad, my mom, she's just already, already just so stressed. And uh, I'm catching all this crap and doing all this stuff. And I remember just going for a walk one day and I'm on this railroad track right by my house and I'm just walking on it because... I don't know, man. I was just so depressed and lonely. I never thought about suicide in my life. That's never even crossed my mind. But this is the close. Mm. This is the closest I've ever thought about it. And I was walking on this railroad track and I just sat down on the tracks, sat down and I just started to cry and, and weep. And, and uh, I was just I was heartbroken and hurt. And I remember it very vividly because uh, to the right of me, like a, a hundred yards down, I see a coyote run across the railroad track. And so I was scared. So I was trying to stay still, but he left anyways. And, and I just remember being there in that moment and just crying, wondering what the heck I'm going to do with my life. I'm on parole. I'm already a felon. I'm only 21, 22 years old. I got three DUIs, two hitting all this crap and life's just going downhill. And I remember just crying out to God, man, just please help me. One of those desperate cries, not one of those sophisticated prayers, not, not one of those bargains that, you know, God, if I'm going to do this, please do this, but just crying out to him, help me, help me, God. And uh, I remember it, the Holy Spirit confirming to me in my heart, I really just felt mm. him say, Kelby, Kelby, I still love you and I still want to use you and I've called you to ministry. And, uh, <laughs> And I couldn't believe it, but it's so like God. That is the love of God that that speaks to you such crazy words, such powerful words. And the and the moment where you feel like you're the weakest, the most worthless, that's when God does and says something crazy like that. Um, and I remember that. And so I left that road track, went back home to my parents, and I told them, I said, "Look, I'm I'm going to a rehab." And at first she was kind of like, you know, you, maybe you don't need a rehab. You're just 21 years old. You're stupid. All 21 year olds do this stupid stuff. And I was just like, no, mom, I'm, I'm done. I want to go to a rehab. And so uh, there's this place called Home with a Heart here in my hometown. And it's a Christian men's rehabilitation out in the middle of nowhere. It's literally it's like not like a, a, a traditional rehabilitation where you go there and you get to sit down with a counselor. And do, like this is a farm with some rooms in it and uh, it's out in the middle of nowhere. And I, I went to that place and I talked to uh, 
the the uh, I guess you can call him the, the manager, uh, and he said, "Well, come on in, son. We got a bed for you." And uh, I spent sixty days there, and that was the place where God was able to speak to me, and that was the alone time I needed to to get vision and to get realigned. And for sixty days, I had no TV, no girl, no friend, no no phone, just yeah. the Bible, him, and me. And uh, I spent sixty days there, and I graduated, and I left that place completely changed. I mean, so so changed. I remember being in the car with my mother when she came pick me up, yeah. and she was like, "What are you gonna do? You're 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 twenty one years old, twenty two years old. You you don't got a job. You got all these charges coming up." You don't have a license because they took your license. And with just this weird confidence, I just kind of told her it's, it's going to be OK. Um, yeah, I had such peace in, in that place. I don't know what it was. I mean, it was just I actually do know what it was. It, it was this, this presence of God, man, the spirit of God just confirming everything to me. And just I don't know. But I left that place with faith and hope and uh, this this crazy reassurance that everything was going to be OK. And, um, you know. Within the next couple of weeks, I uh, I don't I just started repracticing uh, how I do things. I remember one point uh, I was living in my mother's backyard because I couldn't sleep I couldn't sleep in uh, the house because there wasn't enough rooms. So we had like this shed in the back that's insulated and stuff that is like a room you can sleep back there. So I was staying back there and every day, every morning I'd wake up and I'd read my Bible, listen to worship music, and just pray. And I was back there and I was kind of getting worried about, you know, what do I do about a job situation now? It's a couple weeks after the rehab thing. What do I do about a job and license? And I remember this scripture that the Holy Spirit brought to me is, is you don't put old wine into new wine skin. He's like, Kelby, I'm giving you new wine. I need you to work on, on this new wine skin now for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so what that had to do with was my thinking, man. I had to change the way I, th- I thought about things. And so when I needed help before, I would go out and con my way into getting help. I'd lie on a resume or I'd tell, you know, do whatever I could. But this time, the kingdom says, when you need help, go so help. Go so help into someone else's life. And uh, that's what I did, uh, you know, with one of my neighbors next door. I wasn't doing nothing with my time. So I just went over and helped her. And, dude, within two weeks, I got this phone call out of nowhere uh, that says, hey, you you need a job? And uh, I was like, yeah, yeah. It's like, well, come on up here for an interview. uh, We're looking for somebody. It was a landscaping company. I wasn't going to do nothing but uh, cut grass, weed eat, and and use the blower. But I showed up, man, and I was all dressed all nicely. And uh, they they ended up giving me the job, but they never asked if I had a license or not. You know, and I didn't tell him because I, I wanted the job. I didn't tell him. I didn't mention it. And so um, I remember leaving that interview on my way out the door just thinking, man, how am I going to get here? And on my way out, he's like, hey, do you need a ride home? And uh, I was like, yeah, man. And and he gives me a ride home. And then when I pull up to my house, he's like, I'll be here to pick you up in the morning also. And for the next nine months, they picked me up every day and dropped me off at my house. And I never had to drive. And it wasn't until three to four months in that I finally told him, I was like, you do know I don't have a license. And that was just so amazing, man. It was so amazing because it just reassured that God's goodness, God's faithfulness. If you trust him, he'll provide. 
And uh, the other cool thing, man, is that during that process, when I had that job, I still had to to go to court for all those DUIs and hit and runs. And I walked out of that courtroom free. Um, I didn't have to go to jail. I didn't have to. Uh, I didn't have to do nothing, man. I just I, I walked out of that that, that courtroom of a free man, and uh, it was amazing. A lot of some of those got dropped. Um, and, and it, it could have went a lot worse, but it didn't, you know, I walked in and walked out and I didn't have no fancy lawyer. All I had was a public defender and, uh, <laughs> I now have my license. I drive every day. Um, I mean, it, it was, it was incredible that God's goodness. I didn't violate my parole. They had mercy on me too. And I didn't have to, you know, deal with that. Um, and, during that whole time, I would work at that landscaping place. I would go to church. You remember that bald-headed white dude I was telling you about, Jason, yeah, Pastor yeah. Jason? I would go to his church and, and and just listen to him and volunteer and serve. And then on my free time, I would work on this this business from you know 6 p.m. till 12 o'clock, 1 o'clock in the morning. I would just work on this business, this digital marketing agency. And uh, eventually, after a couple uh, – about eight months – I was able to leave my job and, and, and start this digital marketing agency uh, full time. And that created wow. the, the, yeah, dude, yeah, that created the opportunity for me to um, do ministry. And so I went to, which is so crazy. I went to that bald headed white dude. And I told him, Jason, I keep calling bald headed white dude, but Jason, my pastor, and, uh, I went to him and uh, I was like, I was like, man. I feel like God's calling me to start a youth ministry. And hmm. uh, and it's so crazy. He was like, well, Kelby, we've been praying for a youth pastor for the past year. And so he kind of put me through some training for a year there, year, 16 months. And then after that, I, I started a youth ministry there. And he had no idea nine years ago he was speaking to his youth pastor through that glass window. Hmm. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. And, so, and so now, you know, I just, just – I'm about to get married next month of – I've, uh, I've started this youth ministry. I've had this business for two and a half years. And, uh, you know, I mean, the, my whole life has been changed. And it's part of my job as a leader, influencer, as a uh, community leader to, to, to break down strategies and help people and uh, give them kind of the keys and, and secrets and stuff to, to, to help them in life. But I always get stumbled at this part because I don't know how to teach grace. I don't know how to show you a strategy for grace. I just know this. If you give your whole self over to him from a genuine place, from a truthful place, he'll just freaking open up doors for you. He'll he'll see you. He'll, he'll provide for you. And I don't know how to teach that part. I'll give everything I can. I'll show you everything I did. I'll show you what I did with my time from 6 p.m. to 1 a.m. But then there's some moments where I don't know what happened. God just stepped in and did this. I couldn't control this. And so that's what the love of God is for me, man. It, it's that I get it now. It's I get why Paul did what he did. He was so he was so mesmerized by the love of God for the forgiveness that God had poured out on him and the mercy God had poured out on him that he was compelled to go through everything he he went through for for Jesus. And uh that's what the love of God does, man. Transforms us. And so, yeah, you know, and that, and again, I was telling you before the podcast that, that night. So the crazy part is I didn't find out till four years later 
four years ago that that detective I told you about, he's the one that went and got that pastor. It was five of us that got locked up that night. But he said wow. that God, yeah, he said that God spoke to him about me. And so he, he had to go get the pastor to come talk to me. And uh, hmm. so that post you seen, I, I got to go back to easily that uh, the, the, the church where I broke in, I mean, the city where I broke into all those churches. I got to go back to one of those churches, one of those big churches in town and speak to the youth. And he was sitting in the crowd that night listening to me nine years later talk about the story and, and life, you know, my life being changed. And it was such an amazing moment, man. He just came oh, up to me. After. I, 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 I want to make sure that they got that very, very clear. Yeah. The detective that you were with nine years ago when you got locked up and yep. went through what you went through. Yep. Nine years later from that de- from that time period, you were invited yes, to to a church to and that, his church. That, to his church yep. and without that detective was there without him that even detective. knowing. Without him even knowing. He was in the crowd. And uh man, he just came up to me afterwards with tears. I mean it almost brings tears to my eyes now, man, because he introduced mm. me to his son. And uh it was just amazing. And he 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 spoke he spoke something over me that was just I mean, you know, that's what the love of God does, man. He takes stuff that you would never even dream about or think about, and he puts it together, and he makes it all work together for the good. And, man. Kelby, when, when we talk about changing the world, I feel like as, as, uh, as, as people, we often usually think it's the giant stage, it's the lights, it's the it's the. the thousands of you know yeah. instagram followers but i i i'm just so glad you mentioned what you mentioned about the detective pastor jason you know yeah. you, 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 you you kelby you didn't walk into a, a church you know someone took time to follow the love of god Dude. to minister to you in, in your lowest moment kelby I am confident that there are world changers that are listening to this right now and they may, it may be a parent, a single parent. Yeah. It may be um, a, a, a pastor. It, it may be a, a person that simply has a loved one and they're trying or they feel yeah. like, man, I, I can't reach this young man. I can't reach this young girl. Yeah. What let would me, you me... say to that person? Dude, I'm so glad you brought it up because now I feel compelled whenever I see detectives or police officers or, or people just to go up to them and, and tell them what I'm about to share with you is that you don't know. You don't know if you will be the, the voice of God today for that person's life. Mm. Um, you you never know. You know, God loves using the, the little things, the moments that will never get the credit, the moments that don't seem big and glamorous to be the turning point for for. The, the, the amazing, the freaking just, I mean, you just don't know what God wants to do. And so for every, um, for every time you try, you try and give encouragement or someone tells you, you know what, I'm, I'm going to change my life. And you try to, you know, you try to speak some sense into him. You try to tell him about the love of Jesus and, and then they turn around and reject it or they say, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then I'll do that. And then all of a sudden two weeks later, they're back to their old life or back to what they used to do. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, you got to imagine this detective, man, every day 
he would run and go lock people up and they all have the same story. It's this right here. It's, I promise you, this is the last time just have mercy on me. And he's heard it so much, but you know what? This man still refused to, to just believe that everyone out there just says it and doesn't mean it. And he took the time out to actually go get this pastor to come talk to me because he really just believed that this could be a special moment. Don't let that leave you. Don't let that, don't let that hope, that hope that this person can change or hope that my voice can help uh, uh, inspire someone to change their life for God or to change their life and do something amazing because you never know. You never know until nine years later when that person gets up and they mention your name or, or they write you or they call you and tell you, you know, you, what you said to me that day changed everything for me. And, uh, man, that's how I, that's how I want to live now. And that's, you know, I encourage everyone who listening to this mom, dad, I know if, if they're your kids, they, they, they're frustrating. You know, I work with the youth now, one moment they're on fire. They're like, yeah, the next moment they're down, you know, and it's so hard. Do you keep encouraging, encouraging, and you get, you get burnt out, but you never know. You never know that one moment really might hit. So stay, you know, stay faithful, stay, keep your hope up. Um, same thing with all the, the, the administrators and officers and, you know, people out there with influence, you never know when God wants to use. So whenever you feel that urge from, from, you know, just to speak life or to, or to say something, just do it. Just do it. I can't imagine life now if that detective never went and got my, I wouldn't be, I don't think I wouldn't be where I am right now, man. I mean, wow. that's just the truth. So, wow. wow. Yes, sir. Kelby, you, you, um, in your story, I want to read, um, a portion of what you wrote. And, um, you said, um, that by yourself, it's pointless, but if you give it over to him, you will have peace that's unspeakable and joy that's uncontainable. Don't fight on your own. There is a God above who loves and wants you, but he will not force his way into your life. Yeah. You'll have to make the decision just like I did and yeah. run after him with everything inside of you. Kelby, I've never, ever really done this in an episode, um, but I feel a strong pull to do this. There could be a possibility that there is someone that is where you were when you're 17 years old. In a yeah. very difficult, very challenging and dark place yeah. right now. Kelby, um, I, I would love for you to speak to that young man, speak to that young person, speak um, whatever God is telling you to speak. And, and, and here's what we're going to do. As Kelby said, it's a decision. Romans 10 and 9 says that if you believe and if you declare with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, that you will be saved. That in his word, it says that we are saved by grace through faith. And so Kelby, I I want you to speak um, what you feel led to speak, but then also lead a prayer of salvation so that someone out there listening may allow Jesus Christ to come into their life, man. Go. Yeah. Amen. Let's do it. Let's do it. Listen, if that's you, if right now you just listened and uh, 
in your heart, you feel like that's you. If you heard this podcast, this story, and you can resonate with it, I want to tell you, because of this magnificent love that we've been talking about, God will not force his way into your life. Because if he forced his way into your life, then that's not real love. That's why that. That's why I said that in that post. It is real love because he won't force it. That's why it's real and genuine love. Because he loves you that much that do you understand one of the most powerful things in this universe is the human will. So powerful that God himself can't control it because he gave it to you out of, out of his love. And so when you take that powerful thing and you say, you know what, not my will, not my way, but I give it back to you. God, your father in heaven just rejoices and he opens up everything and he says, now go to him. He sends the angels and he sends grace and he sends mercy and he opens things and moves things. Now go to him. So that's what I want you to do. That's what I want you to to have this moment where, where you've heard this story. You know, God, you know, he's real. There's a part of you inside your heart. That's like, this can't all be a mistake. This can't all just be from, from, from something that just happened. This has to have a reason behind it. And I want you to chase after him. Listen, it doesn't have to be super sophisticated. It doesn't have to be uh, something super deep. I'm telling you right now, one of the most precious moments of my life was when I didn't do anything super deep. I just sat there on that railroad track and I cried and I said, God, help me. I trust you. I believe in you. Help me. And I'll never forget that moment, because if there's any time I can remember God speaking to me, it was in that moment that he responded with something crazy. I still love you. I still want you. I don't care about your past. I'm going to use you. And then it's from that place I've been able to just do everything else. Give your life to him. He understands your struggle with faith. If you're struggling, if you're he understands, he sees it. He is God. He knows all. He loves you. And by yourself, it is it is so hard. It's almost pointless because you'll, you'll, you'll accomplish all these things and do all these things and you'll be drained afterwards. And then you won't have no one to share with. And, and you'll just feel like, why did I even do all this? One of my favorite quotes someone gave me was, Kelby, you got to take the first step on your own, but you don't have to walk the rest of the way on your own. Wow. Take that wow. first step. Take that first step. And I promise you. I promise you, God will meet you. I promise you, he will. I want to pray real quick for you. I want to pray uh, just, I don't know however God's leading right now and, and just ask. So can we do that real quick? Let's pray. That's Father, nice. thank you so much for what you're doing, God. Thank you so much for the people listening to this right now, God, under the sound of our voice, the people who are who, who believe, and God, the people who don't believe, who have who have have wrestled with believing father thank you god that that this podcast has reached them thank you father that that you have created this moment for them and right now god i pray and ask that you would soften their heart so that they can receive true life father true hope god that peace and that joy that i was talking about just comes from you i can't tie it to anything else it was in the moment where I was in the most worst, one of the worst stages of my life, not knowing what I was going to do, that I had the weirdest, just most peaceful peace and joy that was unexplainable. So if that's you right now, I want to pray this prayer and you can pray this prayer with me. Father, thank you so much for everything you've done in my life. Thank you for your mercy and your grace. God, I acknowledge that I have failed. 
I acknowledge that on my own, I can't do it. And I come to you, God, with my will, with my intentions, with my heart, with my mind. And I ask, Father, I ask that you, Lord Jesus, make your home in my heart, that you save me from my sins, that you save me from myself. God, I believe that you died for me and that you are the Lord and that you are risen from the that you were risen from the dead. God, I believe in my heart that you are King of kings and Lord of lords. And I ask God to let your Holy Spirit come into my heart right now and to change my desires that I may desire you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Listen, if you prayed that, look, I want to celebrate you. I want to just, you know, I want you to, I want to tell you, be expectant. The year 2020 is a year of vision and expectation. And I believe God's going to do amazing things in, in your life. And, and uh, you know, I just, I'm so, I'm so proud and so happy for you. And uh, yeah, it's going to be good. It's going to be good. <laughs> oh man. Wow. 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 My heart yeah. is rejoicing because I'm convinced that someone's world was changed right at this moment. Second Corinthians 5.17, if that therefore if anyone is in Christ, that person becomes a new creature, a new person. All things are gone, all things become new. Congratulations to all those who who have just really just received Jesus Christ in their life. Your life will never, ever be the same. God has done it in my life. God has done it in Kelby's life. And you will be changed forever. You are changed forever and you're going to change the world. And this is what world changing is about. Like, we're not only talking about the transforming love of God, but right now you get to experience (laughs) (laughs) the transforming love of God. And it is absolutely wonderful. Kelby... Thank you so very much, man, for sharing your life, sharing your testimony. I am personally, I am personally inspired and encouraged and just even energized to continue to do what we do in loving others as Christ has loved us. And so we just honor you, man. um, And we thank you so much. Um, for your yes and your commitment to Jesus. Hey, Kelby, how can we stay in touch with you? Awesome. Well, again, thank you so much for, for, for having me on here. Dude, the honor was all mine. I'm telling you right now, I never even dreamed or thought about anyone just kind of be like, hey, Kelby, can you come on this podcast and share your story? Like, that's so amazing. And uh, yeah, if you want to find me, you can Instagram Kelby McNabb. That's my full uh, full name, first and last name. You'll find me. Um, Instagram allowed me to have my, my full and last name. And same thing, if uh, Facebook, just, you know, Kelby McNabb, and uh, I'll be there. And that's, been the, that's probably the two best ways to to, to to see what I'm up to or, or to get in touch with me. Awesome. And if they're in the Clemson, South Carolina area, um, what, uh, tell us a little bit about your church. Um, where are you guys at? Yeah. yeah. So believe it or not, we are at the Anderson mall. So five years ago we moved, 
God gave Pastor Jason a vision to, to go into the Anderson Mall and start a church. And so he started a church in the mall in one building, and we now have five buildings in there. Our youth ministry is an old Hollister building. I don't know if you remember those Hollister buildings in the mall. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I, can smell the, I can smell the heavy <laughs> cologne right now. <laughs> <laughs> yes, sir. Mm-hmm. So we took over one of those things, and uh, that's where we have our youth ministry building at. But yeah, Rejuvenate Church at Anderson Mall. Our service times, we only have one one service every Sunday at 1045, and then uh, we have a Wednesday night discipleship every Wednesday at 7 p.m. And we'd love to have you. If you're in the area, hey, stop by. Awesome. Thank you so much, Kelby. And thank you guys for listening to the World Changers podcast My name is Alonzo Malvarez, and it is my desire that Jesus Christ will come into your life, change your life so that you can change the lives of others. God bless you. Thank you so much. And we'll see you next week on the World Changers podcast. Peace.